0: Good morning, church. So good to be with you on this third Advent Sunday before Christmas. Um, I believe that the Lord has a good word for us this morning, and I thought we'd just dive right in. So if you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to Matthew chapter 2, and we're going to begin this morning in verse 1. Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Listen carefully. This is the word of the Lord. Says this. It says, After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. And when Herod heard this, he was disturbed who will shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that i too may go and worship him after they had heard the king they went on their way and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was when they saw the star they were overjoyed On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. And so this is the story of the adoration of the Magi. And Magi is just a fancy word for wise men. And we don't know many details about these wise men. We actually don't know how many of them there were. We don't know what country they came from. We don't know how long they traveled. We don't know the duration of their trip or the length of their trip. The Bible doesn't provide many of these details. And so some scholars, they make educated guesses. And some of the educated guesses you see are, you see pictures of three wise men because they're thinking, okay, if it's three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, probably three. But there could have been more. There could have been less. We just don't know. But a good educated guess is that they probably traveled Far and long, it was probably a very difficult journey. They probably sacrificed some effort and hard work. Some scholars believe that the journey could have was probably maybe 400, 500, 600 miles or more. And if they traveled on camel, that would have take them taken them weeks. If they traveled on foot, that could have taken them maybe a month or more. They sacrificed to visit the baby Jesus. Lots of effort and hard work. And a reflection point for us this morning right off the top is this, like, what's the price that we're willing to pay? to seek and search for Jesus, to bow down and worship Jesus. What's the price that we're willing to pay for that? In the American church, a lot of times it's about instant and convenient and easy and comfortable. And when things are not convenient, when things are uncomfortable, when things are not easy, when things are not instant, we're like, ah. We'll, ju- we'll just do it another time. Or we, or, or we even give up or we say, ah, never mind. And about, about 20 years ago, I was taking a, a Bible college class at a local Bible college in town. And uh, they had this early morning track for business people. And I was working in downtown at that time, and it, it, it met on Tuesday mornings at five o'clock a.m. And so for 10 weeks, I went to this class on Tuesday mornings at five o'clock a.m. And it was at this Korean church, and we had a classroom and the corner of this, uh, a corner room of this Korean church, and we would meet at this Korean church every Tuesday morning at five o'clock a.m. And the, neat, the weird thing is... I would, come to, I would come to this church and the parking lot would be full. And so I would walk into the church to, to, to kind of make my way to the back classroom and there would be already people there. And they would be praying and praising God. And so every Tuesday morning, I'd come and I see this. And like, so one day I kind of like was curious and I asked, hey, what's going on? They're like, oh yeah, we, we have prayer meeting every, at 5 uh, o'clock a.m. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Tuesday morning prayer meeting at 5 o'clock a.m. And he's like, no, sir. T- every day prayer meeting at 5 o'clock a.m. Am I understanding that this is common in Korean churches in South Korea? Every day, prayer meeting, 5 o'clock a.m. Are you willing to pay the price to seek and search for Jesus? Are you willing to pay the price to bow down and worship Jesus? And so these magi, these wise men, they travel. They travel a long way, probably hundreds of miles probably weeks of travel, and they come, and they follow this star, this star of Bethlehem. And when I read about this star, I'm like, this is kind of interesting that it would be written in the New Testament. You see, if you think about it, Jesus, actually the Lord in Deuteronomy, said that we are to stay away from stuff like astrology and horoscope and psychics and fortune tellers and the like. In fact, take a look at what Deuteronomy chapter um, chapter 18, verse 9 to 12 says. It says, When you enter the land the Lord your God is giving you, be very careful not to imitate the detestable customs of the nations living there. For example, never sacrifice your son or daughter as a burnt offering, and none of us do that. But watch this, some of us do this. And do not let your people practice fortune telling, or use sorcery, or interpret omens, or engage in witchcraft, or cast spells, or function as mediums, or psychics, or call forth the spirits of the dead. When I became a Christian in 1993, I enjoyed checking out the horoscope in the newspaper. I mean, that was like the first thing I did in the morning. It was just so much fun to check out my horoscope. Until someone showed me this passage of Scripture, I'm like, oh, man, I didn't know. I didn't know that as Christians, we're supposed to stay far, far away from these things. And some of you, you don't know, but now you know. We're supposed to stay far, far away from these things. And so what's up with this star I mean, isn't that kind of like astrology? Like, what's up with this star of Bethlehem? And if I had to make a guess, my guess would be that it's a miracle from God. At the very least, this star highlights that this is a very, very special time. That these are very, very special circumstances that this is a very 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 special child and so these magi these wise men they come from a long way hundreds of miles weeks of travel they follow this star and finally the star stops over the place where this child jesus is and they see the star stop and they are overjoyed and they come in to the home and they see this baby Jesus with his mother Mary and they bow down and they worship Jesus. And then the Bible says that they give these gifts. Gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They present these gifts to Jesus. And I was just thinking, gosh, I'm almost 50 years old and I don't recall ever giving a gift to Jesus. Jesus. But it makes sense. I mean, it's someone's birthday. And so these wise men, they come. They come with gifts. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. It's uh, going to be my brother Paul's birthday on Saturday. Imagine that it's your birthday on Saturday and you invite all of us, your friends, to this birthday party. And so everybody comes to your birthday party. And you're happy to see everyone. And they come, they, they come carrying gifts. But the weird thing is, no one gives you any gift. They exchange gifts with each other. It's like, And then you're like, oh, how come I'm not getting any gifts? And my suggestion to you is, you better get a group, new group of friends next year. <laughs> like, but doesn't that, that doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't Paul get any gifts? But that's what we do at Christmas. We exchange gifts with each other. Here, here's a gift for you. Here's a gift for you. But we don't give Jesus any gifts. I've been, I'm almost 50 years old. I don't remember even thinking about giving Jesus a gift. And so I've been thinking these past couple of weeks, man, wouldn't it be nice if I gave Jesus a gift this Christmas? And so I've been thinking about that. And when I think about it more, I kind of get overwhelmed. Because what could little insignificant me give to Jesus? Jesus, the second person of the Trinity. Jesus, fully God and fully man. Jesus, who was in the beginning and who created all things. And without him, nothing was created that was created. Who owns everything. Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. What could I give Jesus? What kind of gift would be appropriate for Jesus? And I've been thinking about that. And I think, and it kind of reminds me of uh, this song, The Drummer Boy, which is not in the Bible, by the way. <laughs> but The Drummer Boy, the lyrics are so appropriate. It talks about this young boy And he's summoned by the Magi, come, come, summoned by the Magi to visit the baby Jesus. And this young boy, he doesn't have a gift to bring to Jesus. And so he looks at Mary, he looks at his drum and he says, can I play my drum for him? And Mary nods. And so he plays his drum and he plays his best and the baby Jesus smiles at him. And I kind of think like, man, I have no gift to bring, ba rampa bum bum, that's fit for a king, ba rampa bum bum. At least this little drummer boy he had enough talent to play the drum. I can't even keep a beat. I mean, Yo-Yo said, All right, church clap. And you know the one that was going offbeat? That was me. I, I can't keep a beat. I cannot clap and sing at the same time. At least this drummer boy, he could play the drum. He could, he could get, Jesus could smile at his talent. But what can I bring to Jesus? I have a very hard time deciding on gifts. I have, uh, my wife and I, we have nephews and nieces, and every year we, we are overwhelmed because we don't know what to get our nephews and nieces. And so this year, I said, I, I'm going to get smart. I'm going to do something different. And so I had a conversation with every single nephew and every single niece. And I said, what do you want for Christmas? And they, they described what they wanted. And if I was still confused, I'd be like, okay, hold on. And I turn on the computer, and I said... And I, 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 I would log on to Amazon.com and I'd be like, show me. And they would show me. And so I've, everything is ordered. Yeah, it's all coming in. No guessing needed. They'll get exactly what they want this Christmas. But if you think about it, we don't have to guess what Jesus would want for Christmas. We have a whole catalog of gift ideas. We don't have to guess what Jesus wants for Christmas. We have a whole catalog of gift ideas. I mean, we spend so much time rumming through, r- rummaging through the newspaper, looking at ads, looking at commercials, looking online, searching for, for gifts for our loved ones. But are you searching the Word of God? Are you looking for a gift that would be appropriate for the King of Kings? Are you searching, seeking Jesus And so I've been searching. I've been searching the scriptures. There's a lot of gift ideas. And I kind of think, I, I think I kind of um, came to one, um, one gift that I, I think is, going, is what I'm going to get Jesus. And it's in Psalm 116. And in, in Psalm 116, it says this. This is uh, the psalmist uh, writing. And the author says this. He says, what can I give? What can I give back to the Lord for all the good things he has done for me? And he says this, he answers his own question. He says, I'll lift up the cup of salvation, which means I will, I'll give thanks. And then he says, I'll ask for the Lord's help. I'll call on the Lord's name. I'll lift up the cup of salvation. I'll give thanks. And, and secondly, I'll call on the name of the Lord. I'll ask for help. That's, a, that's an interesting gift to give to Jesus. In Luke chapter 17, is a story about asking for help and giving thanks. Asking for help and giving Thanks. In Luke chapter 17, there are ten men, and these ten men, they have something called leprosy. It's a horrible disease. All ten of these men have leprosy, horrible disease, and so they are uh, they're isolated from their families, and they and it's painful, and they're they're just desperate. They want help. They want healing. And so they hear that Jesus is in town. And so they go to where Jesus is going to be traveling. And then they, from a distance, because they were supposed to be away from people because of of the disease, from a distance, they ask for help. They cry out to Jesus. They say, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They cry out to Jesus. They ask for help. And interestingly, Jesus says to them, go and show yourself to the priests. You see, in those days, it was believed that if you had leprosy, uh, that it was a punishment from the gods, that it was a curse from the gods. And so in order... To be cured, they would send you to the spiritual man, to the holy man, to the priests. And so Jesus says, go, show yourself to the priests. And so so they go, all 10 of them, they go and uh, they're on their way to the temple, on their way to show themselves to the priests. Well, along the way, all 10 of them are healed. All 10 of them are healed. But the text says this, only one of them came back and threw himself at Jesus' feet and gave thanks. And Jesus said, oh, what happened to the others? Weren't all of you cured? And Jesus says to this one, get up. Your faith has made you well. What happened to the other nine? Why did only one come back to give thanks? All ten of them asked for help, but only one of them came back to give thanks. The other nine were busy. They were busy being well. They were busy being well. They were separated from family and friends, and and there were so many parties now to go to that they were, because they were healed, so many conversations to catch up on. They were busy being well. They were busy being well. They were cut off from the internet, cut off from Facebook, cut off from Instagram, and now they had to catch up. They had had so many posts to do, so many uh, emails to return. So many pictures to post. They were busy being well. They were busy being well. They had parties to attend to. They, have cra- they had craft fairs to check out. They had trails to hike. They had people to see. They had sports to, sports to view. They had video games to play. They were busy. Being well. What about you this Christmas? Are you busy? Are you busy being well? My encouragement is, don't be like those nine who asked for help and God helped them, but they didn't come back Give thanks. Be like that one who asked for help and saw that he was helped and ran back to Jesus, bowed at his feet, threw himself at Jesus, and gave thanks. What can I give back to the Lord for all the good things he has done for me? I'll lift up the cup of salvation I'll give thanks and I'll call on the name of the Lord I'll ask for help wouldn't that be a wonderful gift to Jesus this Christmas I think it would be a great gift I think that would make Jesus smile let us pray